I just started to feel like I have to do this. We have to do this piece, and it, we have to persevere. Choreographer Colleen Thomas's work, Light and Desire, draws on themes of family history, social politics, and her own experiences. She also calls it an act of resistance, pushing back against oppressive forces. It's a work and message she's long felt strongly about, but the COVID-19 pandemic intensified it for her. It made her want to push forward even more. And it became so clear when we finally did it that that was the strongest component of it. You know, this sort of how women push through. It was already what the piece was about. It just became a lot stronger. Welcome to Unsequenced, a podcast about the choreographic process. I'm Stephanie Wolf. On today's episode, we hear from New York-based dance artist Colleen Thomas, discussing her work Light and Desire, which features an all-female intergenerational cast. Thomas has been in the dance world for 35 years. She's danced with Bill T. Jones' Arnie Zane Dance Company and several other illustrious choreographers, and has collaborated with Bill Young, her partner in life and art, since the late 90s. Her evening-length work, Light and Desire, took on a new dimension when its original premiere date in March 2020 was postponed due to the pandemic. During this time, Thomas challenged herself to dig deeper and to find levity within darkness. The piece eventually debuted in September of 2021 at New York Live Arts. Contributor Trina Manino reports from Thomas's first rehearsal with her full cast. Thomas first had the idea for Light and Desire following the 2016 U.S. presidential election. So in 2016, when Trump was elected um, president, I was in shock, like many of us. And during the election... During the campaign, there was sort of this realization for me that there was all of this misogyny and sort of hatred towards women. And I was working on a project in Poland at the same time with some Belarusian dancers and Polish dancers and Ukrainian dancers and my dancers. And I was doing this big kind of collaboration. I had been working on it for a few years and it was like a three to four year project and we premiered it at La Mama. But I was in process with these people and so I was talking to them about our political system and they were talking to me about their political system. You know, and when you talk to other cultures, you realize your own privilege, you know, and I started thinking that I wanted to make this piece about women artists during fascist times, like how we sort of move through obstacles. How do we survive? How do we still keep creating and still keep finding beauty and momentum forward with our art or with whatever our medium is? How is it that we survive when people are around us and when we feel ignored or we feel spoken over or we feel um, irregarded by our um, culture or by our peers, by the people we work with, by our colleagues, you know, by our family. 
Around that time, Thomas met Joanna Lishnerowska, a Polish artist, curator, and producer, who became one of the soloists in Light and Desire. I was talking to her about this idea, or we were just talking about politics. I don't think it had been a formed idea yet. And, you know, she's a powerful woman in the dance world there as she runs a festival and she curated a space. And she wasn't necessarily a a dancer, performer. She's more of a dramaturge. And I started to get this idea that I would love to work with women from other cultures that are going through this sort of you know, where their political systems are sort of turning more right, fascist, you know? And in that time and in this time wasn't hard to find people, you know, at countries that were going that direction. So I um, decided to start to look for women that I had worked with over the years. Joanna was a new friend, so I've only really known her for like f- five years now, I think. But... Um, the other women that are in the work in Light and Desire, I've worked with for many, many 20 years, known them for a really long time in different instances. So I decided to bring them all together to sort of talk to them about this idea and about the possibility of making this piece. So Thomas went on to invite four other women to be part of the work, in addition to Lesh Morowska. There's Rosalind LeBlanc, her former Bill T colleague, based in L.A., Venezuelan Carla Forte, who lives in Miami, Hungarian Ildiko Toth, who used to dance with Forsyth, and then there's Amira Goru, who's worked with DV8 Physical Theater. She's Albanian and currently works in Greece. So I started working with them and started talking to them about how it is that they keep creating, you know, and keep sort of persevering as they're aging, as they're, um, they're all really strong, successful, in quotation marks, women. And I don't know if we ever feel that way, but from the outside, they all seem that way to other people and, and all are very accomplished in their improvisational practice, which was another important thing for the project. They met in New York as a group for the first time in the summer of 2019. They intended to reconvene two weeks before the original premiere date. When it got canceled in March, we got together on Skype and all just started, you know, like everybody else in the world, started talking to each other about, oh my God, what's happening? How is this happening in your country? How is it, what's happening over here? You know, because we were all in much in really different places. And so at the beginning, I thought, well, it's going to be a few months. A few months turned into 18. During that time, Thomas felt a lot of uncertainty swirling around her. But she felt compelled to move forward with the work. We went back and forth, less like everybody in the world probably, about what is, what is this career? What is this? Is this going to, you know... A lot of people gave up. A lot of people had to stop. A lot of people had to, you know, fold companies. You know, people quit dancing. People moved out of the city. So there wasn't, it wasn't guaranteed that we were going to do it just because New York Live Arts was being supportive and giving us a date and not canceling it. Um, I went through sort of wondering what to do and wondering if it was, 
if it was worth it. Um, but this piece was already made and it was already saying something really important to me and I didn't want it to, I didn't want it to not be seen or shared with people. During the pandemic, Thomas observed that many of the young people in her life were remaining hopeful in such a dark time. She was energized by their resilience and involvement in social causes. This inspired her to include an 11-woman chorus made up of young dancers. All of them were her former students at Barnard College. The first two are perfect I'm so impressed by this generation, by these younger generations that are, that are in this world with all of its issues that are, you know, so, that weren't in my face when I was growing up. And now it's just like, this is the mess you have. And they're out there and they're trying to change the world. And they have this energy and this sort of perseverance that I'm so in awe of. And I wanted this this chorus of women in the piece to sort of be um, be the, 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 I mean, they are the glue in my life, but also to be the glue in this piece and to sort of, represented this younger generation. Thomas also included a video of her then preteen daughter singing a pop song for a school concert. And it was before she started to be seen differently by the world. And it was before she started to see herself differently. You know, so it was a time where she really felt power You know, it's heartbreaking to see us all or to see women, see the difference. I have a son as well. To see the difference between girls go through the world and boys go through the world. And it's like I've just a, you see it, it's just there. And they're seen differently and all of a sudden they, they have to act a different way. So that was early on in my process with, the soloist and the piece, sort of this idea of that transformation of age, of time, when when things, we started looking at different ways of transformation, sort of when you started noticing you had to um, change the way you acted to move forward, you know, or who influenced you. There was a lot of talk and that went into the research of mothers and how mothers related to their daughters, which I didn't expect. And I didn't really want to make a piece about mothers and daughters, but it just, it was a thread physically through everybody's story. In the most poignant part of the dance, Thomas and her soloists line up at the edge of the stage. They each try to say something, but an unseen force is holding them back. This section encapsulates how Thomas and many women often feel or have felt in life, ignored, misunderstood, talked over, feelings that the choreographer hopes become something of the past. The scene ends with Lishnarowska making a comical orgasm sound turned scream and LeBlanc speaking in nonsensical sentences.
And I feel like that is sort of a, the state of where I'm at right now. I don't want to live any other way. I want to live being able to be mindful in the moment and being able to say what it is that is unjust and taking credit for the things that I have experienced and the things that I can contribute to the world. You know, I want that to be a part of my daughter's world. You know, I want it to be, I want, I want women to be able to speak up. And so, 18 months and two postponements later, the entire cast of Light and Desire all made it on stage in September 2021 for the premiere. I'm so grateful that I had this opportunity to put the work out and also grateful to have so much time to look at it and edit it and, and work on it. That's choreographer Colleen Thomas speaking with contributor Trina Menino. They discuss Thomas's work, Light and Desire. Unsequenced is produced and mixed by me, Stephanie Wolf, with additional audio support by Justin Epstein from RYBG. Joe Kai composed our theme music. And a shout out to our Patreon subscribers. They make all of this audio storytelling possible. You can join them at patreon.com slash DIY Find Unsequenced wherever you get your podcast, and thanks for listening.